Hello, this is Rob and Mike from the McClellan Financial Group of Asante Capital Management, and this is Think Smart with TMFG. Today on Think Smart with TMFG, Mike and I are going to be discussing the upcoming election. Without offending anyone, right, Rob? (laughs) Without offending anyone. So, Mike, there is an election on September 20th. I know we're all very neutral in our office, so... We are very neutral. Yes, you're right. So, September 20th, we're getting close. Like, today is the 8th. We're recording this on the 8th. Um, I'm actually going to be out of town on the 20th, so I'm actually going to have to vote early. I think I'm scheduled to go down on the 12th or 13th. I thought it might be interesting just to talk about some of the promises that the different parties are making today and just, you know, you and I and our thoughts on some of those promises and and are they good ideas? This is the best time to talk about promises because afterwards we won't hear about them again, right? (laughs) We won't. It's promise everything and then deliver nothing. Yep. So I was driving the other day and I noticed that the liberal sign was red. And I thought that was kind of appropriate because, as we can see, when the liberals are in power, the debt tends to get a little higher. And I'll give you some examples. Currently, the deficit today, which means our expenses versus our revenue, our expenses are about $157 billion a year higher than our revenue. But they have a plan, and their plan is to get it down to just $32 billion by 2025-2026. So so at least they have a plan to get it down within five years. It's not going to zero, but it's down to about, you know, a a fifth of what it is now. Um, So how do they plan to do that? There are a couple of things, and and really what they're trying to do, I, I would label it their goal is to tax the wealthy. And that's often what comes about with election platforms. And the great thing about the thing that we always find with elections is it's it's not it's always the number of people that vote for you. And when you get in the situation when you look at the wealth, uh, something like it's 80% of the wealth is distributed amongst 20% of the people, right? So the easiest people to go after are generally going to be the wealthy because they only represent 20% of the voting basis. The other majority, 80%, is the not wealthy. And and that's what politics is all about. When you get to this stage, especially in an election, you have to be really careful not to offend people because you may lose a whole segment of the population. Then when you go after the ultra-wealthy, that's 1%. So how many votes do you use? You can only use 1% of your votes by upsetting them. So the first one they decided to go after were the banks. And so if the banks make over a billion dollars a year, which most of them make a billion dollars a quarter, they're going to raise the taxes on those financial institutions. Now, that's just not the banks. That's insurance companies, mutual fund companies, etc. So that one, you know, no one gets too upset about that. The banks make a lot of money. Um, but there could be some long-term implications of that because banks have been known over time, if their expenses get higher, i.e. taxes, they may just raise their rates a little bit. And remember, the other thing too is if you own one of these companies, your dividends will be reduced. Unless, of course, they raise rates. As they, of course, raise rates to offset that, right? Another plan that the liberals have 
is to basically have a minimum tax rule. So if you make over $200,000, but you've got all these great tax write-offs and you actually get it down that you only owe $5,000 tax on your 200,000, then there's gonna be a minimum tax. And the minimum tax is gonna be 15%. So at 200,000, that minimum tax would be $30,000. So that actually seems like a good idea. Reasonable. You got to watch it doesn't limit charitable donations and things like that because sometimes that will get in the way of people donating, but it seems reasonable. It seems reasonable. At least you're not going to have someone paying no tax who's making $200,000 a year or higher. The other one I struggled with because, you know, they said they're going to significantly increase the resources of the CRA, Canada Revenue Agency, to combat aggressive tax planning and tax avoidance that allows the wealthiest to avoid paying the taxes they owe. Now, I guess what I had trouble with this is, well, you've been in power for six years and you haven't figured this out yet, and now it's going to cost you a billion dollars to put this plan in place? It seems a little late. And you've had the time to implement this. Why haven't you? So that is a quick summation of the Liberal Party. We're not going to get into all the the different um, promises that they're making because each party's making multiple promises. So let's now move to the Conservative Party. Interesting enough, they seem to, at this point anyways in the election, have the popular vote. Um, not by a lot, but they've taken the lead. They're a little behind when you look at it by writings, is what the, the, the research says in the surveys. So, Mike, when are they balancing the budget? I said 10 years. 10 years. That's pretty optimistic, given COVID, and given we're not too sure how or when we're going to come out of this. So if you were to tell your wife that in 10 years you'll be a better husband, how would that go? <laughs> not great. No. <laughs> How about 10 months? <laughs> Probably still not. No. 10 <laughs> I days? I got 10 minutes. 10, 10 days or 10 <laughs> yeah. minutes? You might she be able to do it. 10 minutes most of the time. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I have a problem with that. You know, when you say 10 years, A, you're assuming that you're going to be in power for 10 years, right? It kind of needs to be your term, which is only four years, if you do get in. So, I don't know. I think that one is just, whoever came up with that. Yeah, it, it just makes it someone else's problem. What else? Uh, implement a month-long GST holiday in December. Again, this is just a vote-getter, right? doesn't really have anything to do with much other than trying to buy votes. And uh, that was one of the promises. And all purchases made for retail stores will be tax-free for this month. That doesn't do much for me, to be honest. And I guess at the end of the day, it reduces revenue because December is a big month. So it reduces revenue coming into the government, which makes the, the deficit even larger. Yep. If my math is correct. What else? They're going to launch a comprehensive review of the tax system to improve competitiveness, uh, bringing down rates and simplifying the tax rules. I, I mean, simplifying the tax rules would be a good thing. They've got so complex right now. Um, people have a hard time figuring out. You, you should be able to do your own tax return. I mean, we always suggest that you have professionals because of how complex these tax returns have got. And uh, if they could simplify this and make it more standardized, be a much better system. We've talked about how they've actually got most of the information already. 
what information they don't have are your deductions. So maybe rather than having to do your tax return, all you do is submit all your deductions. They have all the other stuff. They have all the income side, at least they claim to. And we're starting to see that. Technology's allowed them to have access to that information. So it'd be kind of interesting to look at something like that. I agree, though. They've made this tax system so complicated. And all they're looking at doing is more patchwork and more Band-Aids on top of an already broken system. Well, that's what we find when when I actually studied on how tax returns are being done. It has been years and years of Band-Aids put on top. They almost need to reform it and start from scratch and get rid of all these little pieces to put together the new tax rules they come up with every year. And it'd be just much simpler. The difficult part in today's day and age, you, you're guaranteed you're going to offend people. Yep. And, and people are going to rise up against it. Someone who was getting a benefit that they relied on and suddenly that benefit disappears. So it's a, it's a tough one to do and it's politically a tough one yeah, to do. Yeah, between the trillion benefit plus uh, the energy benefit plus these, there's all these different things that come on your tax return that, that you don't really know. It's funny because you even get them afterwards. You keep on getting notifications of different things from your tax return. Um, I, I've seen a bunch of them this year. I find it interesting. My kids at university, although two of them have graduated, they're getting trillion benefits left, right, and center, even though they're going to school out in British Columbia and they're there for seven months. Like it, the system is is kind of broken that way. Yeah, communication is poor. What else did the conservatives say? They said they're going to ensure CRA is responsive to the needs of Canadians, deliver quality service and advice. That sounds like us, doesn't it? <laughs> it does sound like us. <laughs> Respect small businesses and focus efforts on wealthy Canadian tax evaders and big corporations. So they said they're going to try to go after all the big guys uh, for for tax evasion. It seems like in the last uh, couple of years, they've really tried to take an automated approach to uh, get money from uh, tax revenue. And I didn't like it because what they've done is they basically take a blanket uh, approach to an area. They'll say, let's look at all medical benefits and let's disallow them all and let everyone have to defend any medical benefit they put up, which is a terrible approach because even though people might be justified, the systems and the ability for them to put all the information together to you're basically wrong until you prove yourself right. And they would take all your tax benefits away from you until you can prove the government's wrong. And their blanket approach, I've never been thrilled with. I think the tough part, too, with today's technology, there's so many different places you get information. You get it texted to you. You get emails. You get it mailed to you sometimes. You get it delivered to you. I'm really organized in that area, and I have trouble staying on top of it all. Yeah, Within the first two months of tax season, we know what the government's going after that year because every client will have the same question. Yeah. So I thought I'd spread a little cheer and talk about what the Green Party are looking to do. Um, So they want to reduce small business tax rate down to 9%. And I think that's a pretty good idea. You know, small business is extremely important in this country. And if they've taken the risk of running a small business, they shouldn't be paying a lot of tax. Um, Corporate tax, they want to go up to 21%. So that sounds great. Although what happens is suddenly corporations start looking at the amount of tax they're paying here and they start looking at other opportunities, which typically means leaving the country. 
And and that's never good for Canada. And we've seen that, you know, over our career as financial advisors, think of how many great Canadian companies have left the country or been bought. Well, you watch goes on what's going on in Europe. Europe is trying to implement in the whole European network a, a basic minimum tax for corporations because the countries like Ireland and Poland and those countries that have put in a lower tax rate are stealing all the businesses. And it works. I mean, at the end of the day, they're trying to implement a system because they know how well these low corporate tax rates work. Yeah. Next was eliminate all student debt. Now, again, that's a great vote catcher, except if you think about it, where's the student debt from? It's from the educated. And the educated took a risk, took on student debt so that they could advance their career. And now, are you really, by eliminating student debt, are you helping the wealthier? As And also, the kids that work their way through school. Like, it's, it's given the wrong lesson, right? If you get a job and work your way through school and you've got no debt and you've, you, you've put all that effort in, and all of a sudden the person next to you has just sat back and done nothing, and they get their student debt eliminated, it just gives the real wrong message to the future generations. And, and will it happen again? And if you look at what's going on in the economy today, and I think this is this is interesting. I'm, I started noticing all these restaurants would be closed on Monday and Tuesday. And, and this is across the country. And I asked the question, well, what's going on here? They can't get staff. They can't get staff to go back and work in the restaurant industry or the retail industry because they're still getting paid CERB. Yep. So somehow... You need to fix that. Don't go put something like eliminating all student debt, which then may keep them on CERB longer because they don't have to pay the debt. We have a lot of struggling business owners as clients. They just can't find labor. It's difficult. It's a huge problem in Canada right now. Uh, The next one they had was restrict stock options to 200,000. I thought that was a pretty good idea. Stock options are a great incentive if you receive them. It's a drain on corporate profits or can be. Um, as an expense, and and some of them are so big, that I don't like the structure of them. That's just well, me. Well, it's a way of dealing with executive compensation, right? Uh, we've had executive compensations we know have grown to be out of hand, and a large percentage of executive compensation usually comes through the stock options. So even putting a restriction, whether it's 200000 or 400,000, whatever the number is, a restriction might be a good idea. And it does dilute shareholder value. Definitely. The other one was an interesting one. They wanted the Canada Pension Plan to divest of all oil and gas companies. I guess they're not getting any votes in Alberta anyway, are they? (laughs) Well, that was my thought exactly. I mean, that makes up a big part, probably 40 to 50% oil and gas, mining companies, things like that. If you have the Canada Pension Plan divest of that, I'm not sure that's good for our country. It may be good for the Canada Pension Plan and may feel like the right thing to do. It may have disastrous effects on our country. Um, The next one we've heard from a lot of the different parties, a 1% tax on net family wealth above 20 million, once again, going after the wealthy. And the last one was a financial transaction tax of a half percent. You and I have been in this business a long time. Fees have come down dramatically. This seems to be the opposite. This seems to be a half percent tax on 
financial transactions, which will only increase fees. You know, it's funny. We, we've actually had over the past two decades, because of credit card companies, we've actually had about a 2% tax put on all transactions. No one uses cash anymore. We're all using credit cards for everything. And uh, it tracks them well, but you forget credit cards companies are charging, you know, one and a half to 2%, sometimes higher than that to the retailers uh, for the transactions. Everyone thinks that's free. Well, they just tack it on the price. You know, a transaction costs a lot more than it did when you used to pay cash 15 years ago. And in all likelihood, we're not going back to cash. Uh, what about the NDP? What have they done? What have they come up with? Um, they want to introduce a temporary COVID excess profit tax that puts an additional 15% tax on large corporate windfalls that profit during the pandemic. So if a company's made a lot of money during the pandemic, we're going to give them a new tax after the fact and say you need to give 15% of your profits back. I'm, I'm not crazy about that. You know, sometimes you justify, like, think of the things that have been like Zoom technology and things. Do you want to tax Zoom because they had a great idea that sat there and, you know, had to suffer through years until it, we exposed how great an idea Zoom was? It, it doesn't seem fair to all of a sudden tax them back because they were innovative. I, I would agree. What else? Increase the capital gains inclusion rate to 75%. And boost the top top uh, top marginal tax rate on income tax over two hundred fourteen thousand to thirty five percent from the current thirty three percent, just basically raising taxes. You know, capital gain. We we've heard about this in the past because once the pandemic set in, it gave them a reason to go and try to get some uh, capital. And uh, you know, it, it might be the NDPs or some other party might have the same idea to raise taxes too. So. They had another one. I think, what was that? Introducing a 1% tax on people whose fortunes were over 10 million. So, you know, one party wants 20 million, the other party wants 10 million. But let's go back to the problem with all of these. It's all about how they're going to increase revenue. Now, that's good if you're a company. When you're a government and you're trying to increase revenue, it just means you're increasing taxes on your population. What people know, governments aren't supposed to make money. <laughs> that, that that's the thing that people get really confused with. And uh, you watch the problem with things like China and Russia that they went on. The government's made a fortune in China because it acts as a company, but it all goes back into this. We're not communist over in Canada, right? The government is supposed to be something for the people. It's not supposed to be a profit uh, center. Uh, and I think that's a problem when you see a lot of this politics are going and trying to make it into a corporation. Government's not supposed to be a corporation. So lots of different ideas, lots of different opinions. September 20th is getting closer. Most important thing you can do is at least put your mask on and get out there and vote. This is Rob and Mike with Think Smart from the McClellan Financial Group of Asante Capital Management, reminding you to live the life that makes you happy. You have been listening to the McClellan Financial Group of Asante Capital Management Limited. Asante Capital Management Limited is a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. Insurance products and services are provided through Asante Estate and Insurance Services Incorporated. This material is provided for general information and is subject to change without notice. 
Every effort has been made to compile this material from reliable sources. However, no warranty can be made as to its accuracy or completeness. Before acting on any of the above, please make sure to see a professional advisor for individual financial advice based on your personal circumstances.